welcome to this week's teaching from Exchange Church in the heart of Belfast. So, listen, get your Bibles ready, and uh, we're going to continue in our series in Luke this morning. And I think it's, um, it's important to um, approach, when you, when you approach the Word of God, you have to have an expectant heart. Do you hear me? It's like, I can, I can preach a blinder every week like I normally do, to be fair. I'm just going to throw that out. And uh, it can go right over your head. Uh, because actually, in, in the chapters that I'm going to scoot over, uh, five through eight, today I'm going to pick out, pick out a big theme, which will help you in your life today, right? Um, but, and, but it really, do, I'm not here to entertain you. Do you understand that? I'm not some jester that you pull out every Sunday, put 50p in the meter, and uh, go, oh, great, entertain me with a great sermon. And then you come up to me at the end and go, do you know what? Pastor Prince teaches that better. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Have you heard Creflo preach that one? Shut up, run into them there. Just run into them, right? I'm just, just joking. If you, I, I, I listen, if you are a guest this morning, just batten down the hatches, right? That's what I'm gonna say because I'm in queer form. So um, no, but you know what I mean? But you, you've gotta be expectant. And I, said that, I said that last week. If you don't come into the, into the presence of the Lord, Hungry, right? Do you know the only people in the word that we read about who never received from Jesus were the people who didn't want to receive from him? And they sat there, and this village is called the Village of Unbelief, and they, they kind of had, like, this, this is Jesus healing people, the God of grace, bringing the, his kingdom to bear and just bringing life and, and healing and wholeness, and they were like, nah, you know? And so it's interesting that um, you know, my, my encouragement to you before I get into this, that, this talk this morning is say, Lord, you know, for whatever it is in my life that's going on right now, I know that your word works well. Your grace works well. Why don't you say that with me? Your grace works well. And whenever I receive your grace, the, the, the thing today is to, to understand that the Lord watches over his word. Every time his word is preached, every time you receive the word, the Lord himself watches over it to see it perform to see it actually do what he sent it for. Does that make sense? And so um, you, you, you've got no worries this morning in one sense about God doing his side of things. In fact, we, in the message of God's grace, we say it's already done. Uh, Jesus's work is a finished work. There's nothing left to complete in it. He has completed everything on, for us so that this morning we're able to sit and to receive. All right, is that good? But you've got to be expectant. Because the Lord won't push it on you. He's not going to force it on you. And you could walk out of here entirely encouraged this morning or you could walk out exactly the same way that you came in. But that's really going to be down. It's not down to the Lord, right? He's here to bless you and encourage you. Is that good? So brilliant. I love, I love it when we come, to, uh, we come to look at Jesus. And we've been saying this morning, my, my topic this morning is all about something that Jesus demonstrates. And, and when we preach the gospel of grace, it's all about Jesus. It's not about us and our performance. It's not about what we're bringing to the Lord this morning or how we're feeling this morning. It's about who Jesus is, what he has done, and his work of grace in our lives. And uh, how, we, how we position ourselves from that, it, to that is simply to have a posture of trust and faith that everything that he is is more than enough for what we need. And that's what we've been talking about in this Luke series. How does the Lord remove burdens from you? Because life has a way of putting stuff on us, doesn't it? And uh, you know, whether it's health or money or uh, relationships or future, right now it's going to be about like I don't know, forty quid just to you know fill half a tank of your fuel. It's just crazy, isn't it? Everything's going mad, and uh, what's going to happen? It's all going to get worse. The, the the news are loving it; they're just ramping it up. We're all going to get monkeypox, donkeypox, 
chicken pox, I don't know, you name a pox, we're all going to have it before the year's out, apparently. And uh, it's all going, we're doomed, Captain Mannering, doomed, isn't that right? And so it's, it's, the world's interesting. It's just burden after burden after burden after burden. And Jesus steps into your world this morning and goes, let me take those off you. I'm the burden remover. The picture of who Jesus is in the, in the book of Luke is the ox in the four faces of, of, of God from all the way back in Ezekiel and those prophecies. You see that one of them is the ox. This is what I, I was talking about earlier on in the series. And uh, the ox is a picture of burden, the perfect sacrifice and the one who lifts the burden. And that, it's that work of God that we're looking at through this series on Luke. And so in Matthew 11, let me get stuck in to say uh, this. It says, are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Then come to me, right? Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn, I love this, the unforced rhythms of grace not trying to push not trying to hurry not trying to hustle not trying to do what the world does but simply coming to the Lord walking with the Lord and receiving grace upon grace unmerited favor in our lives and here's what the Lord says I won't lay anything ill-fitting on you isn't it funny that the law demands from us that which we can never do but Jesus removes the burdens and grace supplies and oversupplies everything that we need why? Because we're good? No, because he is. And, you know, it, he says, I'll, I'll not lay anything heavy or fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn how to live freely and lightly. That's Matthew 11. So um, that's, that's good. I, I would probably just read that over and over again, couldn't we? Until we start to get it. Come away with me. Learn from me. I'll not put anything. If you've got anything that's heavy or ill-fitting, anything that's weighing down on you, any area of your life this morning where you currently don't have hope is under the influence of a lie. Let me say that again. Any area of your life where you currently don't have hope for a better future is currently under the influence of a lie. And that's why we bring the word of God to it. We bring the word of grace and we say, what does this problem or this situation look like through the lens of Jesus's finished work? And then hope rises in our hearts. Amen. So let's look at it in Luke chapter five through eight. Um, there's tons happens, and I know, I know you're all Bible scholars and uh, all the rest of it, but in Luke chapter five, the, the Lord heals somebody of leprosy. Uh, he heals a paralytic. I think that's somebody who can't walk rather than somebody who's had too much to drink, right? <laughs> but who knows, could be both. Just kidding. He, he eats with sinners. In chapter six, he starts to heal a shriveled hand. Uh, there's then the faith of the centurion. Lord, I don't even, you don't even come to my house, just say the word and they'll be healed. Then he raises the, the woman's only son who's dead, right? This is mad. In the chapter eight, in Luke, he calms the storm. Uh, he heals the, the person who's demon afflicted. Jarius' daughter gets healed. And then there's the, the issue, the woman with the issue of blood. You know all those stories that we all know? Aren't they brilliant? Well, I could deep dive into any one of those today and paint a fantastic picture of Jesus and his grace for you. And I'm gonna do some of that a little bit later on in, in this series. But when I was looking at this, I had this sense, and I'm gonna call it a prophetic sense for you this morning. Do you, get, do you hear me? So let, let, let your heart be open and your ears be open because I actually believe that when we look at these things, there was something that jumped out at me. When I was reading through, I, I've been listening to Luke and Luke and Luke, you just kind of nonstop every day, actually. And I just had this sense of the Lord go, what do you see in it, Andrew? What do you see? And I, I love the detail, as you know. I love to teach word by word, like I did on Wednesday night with healing and Isaiah 53, and here's what the words mean, and brilliant, let's dig up. the. But there was this overriding sense that I have for you, and it's get on the front foot. Listen to me. 
with the message of God's grace, unmerited, unearned, undeserved favor, we should be the most prospered, blessed, forward-thinking, forward-looking, progressive types in the whole world. Do you get that? We should be bounding through the challenges, overcoming through the challenges. Why? Because we have the God of grace in us, walking alongside us and empowering us and equipping us way beyond our own failure and our own mess. The whole thing of 538 is this, is this word authority. It's the word authority. That's what I felt the Lord saying. I honestly believe this morning that the Lord is gonna release in you authority again to look at your situation, not through what you can do or what you can bring, but to say, Lord, what does the promise of grace say for this situation? And what did you do about it whenever you went to the cross for me? And that will be my truth. Not what the BBC says or UTV or the agents on Twitter, God help them, all right? (laughs) We don't do that. But you know what I mean? When I see when it comes to Twitter, it's the one thing that will make me lose my salvation, even though you can't lose your salvation, right? And it is Twitter, Right? I can't believe these people live amongst us. They actually live amongst us. And I don't know, it's frightening, absolutely frightening. But they're not the authority. Do you get that? Your thoughts and what people say, that's not the authority. Authority matters. And one of the things that we look at with Jesus here, I, I honestly believe that some of us under grace come too much with poor me and Lord help me. And the Lord says this morning, lift up your heads and look at me and tell me what you see. Because everywhere I went, everything you see here, because what you see is over the physical world, in the spiritual world, over people and things, he is the final authority. And he shows it and he demonstrates it. And he says, come and walk with me and do what I do, see what I do, and you will live lightly. Can I say over some of you this morning, you have allowed other things to take authority in your life the opinions of others, your own misgivings, your past, guilt, shame, condemnation, the whole nine yards. It can be different for any one of us. But the Lord says this morning, this week, I want you to go not in your strength, but in the strength of my grace that is the final authority. Do you get that? Can I just say, I don't know about you, but enough of being sick and tired, enough of being pulled from pillar to post, enough of saying, well, if the Lord wills it, You know, but blessed be the name of the Lord. He gives and he takes away. Listen, when Jesus said it is finished, he was not messing about. This gospel of God's grace is dynamite. It takes the sick and it makes them well. It takes the suicidal and gives them hope for their future. It takes the most broken, stinking, dirty relationships and makes them clean again. It takes people who are far away. That's grace. And too many of us are being namby-pamby around and going, well, Lord, you know what? I've got just got a wee touch. Just a wee touch to get me through this week. Be awesome, Lord. What is that voice? I don't know what happens. Demon-possessed, right? <laughs> and the Lord says, no, listen. Do you know what? I, I, I just imagine the Lord. It's not like going out and um, kind of fighting things like that. Right? It's not what he was doing, but there was this authority with the Lord when he walked around. I didn't say it. I didn't say it. I'm learning. I'm not allowed to say you can Jackie Chan the devil anymore. I just said it. There you go. <laughs> See what it did there. But the Lord didn't do that. The Lord, the, the Lord was just, when something came up, right, and it was in front of him, boom, he dealt with it. Yeah. You get that? Didn't go looking for it, but dealt with what was in front of him. Now, 
I, I, let, let me just explain this to you because I think over our physical world, over our physical bodies, over our mental state, over the world around us, Okay, this world right now is not looking for people who are just getting through. It's looking for people who have captured something of, of the incredible power of God. And do you know the brilliant thing about grace is if you hear anything right now and go, what do I need to do? You need to receive grace upon grace. Okay, because in all of your reckoning about who you are and how you do things, let me, let me just explain it to you. There is nothing in you that can work a supernatural move of God. It's always been about him. It always will be about him. And what he says is just come as you are and receive my unmerited favor in your life. Be attached to me, it says in John 15, right? Because I'm the vine and you're not, but the fruit of grace will come up in your life as you receive every day. The law says do, grace says receive. And as you've received, then go. Does that make sense? So let's look at this thing of authority, right? Because authority is just about power. It's about a right, usually because of rank or office, this is just a definition, to issue demands, influence, etc. Um, some of the, so let me say it, authority is a power or a right, usually because of rank or office, to issue demands or influence. I want you to think right now about the things that are demanding of you. We know that every demand is, is rooted in the law, right? You must do in order for something to happen. Now, when, when we, that's a weight and a burden on us, isn't it? That weighs heavy on us. Authority is, you know, there, there are many things that, that set themselves up in our lives to take that place, to take that place of power. And, the, and not, unless it's Jesus, it's going to be heavy. That's the bottom line. And we need to be careful and even think through this morning, what things have we allowed to take authority? What are the things where we go, well, that's right. And now, Lord, I, actually, I need, you know, I think about something like I'm sick and I go, well, th- the truth is I am sick now the Lord is almost secondary. Do you get that? What we have to do is we go, first and foremost, what does he say about it? What does his word say about it? And what does his work say about it? Because many of us have allowed other things to almost set themselves up equally with with what the Lord says. Does Does that make sense? And then we wonder why we feel heavy at times. We wonder why we feel burdened at times. Because, you know, you might be pressed in on every side. There's something, though, about this morning going, I have been given the ability to exercise and influence the grace of God in my life and speak to those things which have set themselves up in my life that take away the joy and the fullness and the life that God has planned for me. But you've got to get on the front foot. And getting on the front foot is not doing something per se, like I need to do. Getting on the front foot is going with grace in my heart, I'm going to declare that your grace works well in my life. So every thought that comes, every word that comes, everything that, that pushes and presses in against us, authority says, no, you will not have. You know, I, th- there'll be things that you cannot stop happening this week, but you can certainly deny them a place of authority. Do you get that? You will not stop what other people do this week and say about you. You might not be able to stop what your boss does or what anyone does, but you can certainly deny them the place of final authority by saying, whatever comes my way, Jesus and his grace comes first. And some of us need to shake ourselves down again because we're almost on the back foot. We're almost going through life defensively. You know, under grace, one of the things that's incredible for grace, I just had this sense this week of who ever said we were meant to be defensive? 
who are like passengers, kind of like just getting through. That's the kind of mentality that legalists have. They kind of get through because glory is coming and one day we'll all be just raptured up and get out of here. And I kind of felt the Lord, it was happening Wednesday night actually when I was teaching about healing. I had this sense it was going on. I didn't say anything because I felt it was for this morning because the Lord said this, I came to what? I came to destroy the works of the enemy. I didn't come to give you enough power just to get through with them. So get on your front foot, declare my grace works well, and you will see the goodness of God. Do you get that? Enough of lying down for the things that Jesus said no to. Amen. That's grace. Not just, oh Lord, get me through to Sunday so I can get another wee blessing until Pastor Prince comes on. <laughs> Creflo. Anyway, well, okay, so Andrew, you need to help me here. Because if I was sitting, you know, some, this is the way I think about it. Why do we, you know, God's promises are true all the time. Isn't that right? Yeah. All those people go, yes. So why do we experience struggle? If the issues are, th- why are we experiencing struggle today? I, I want to say this is why a revelation of God's love and favor for you is so critical. Because without that, right, if, we don't, if we're not rooted in God's grace, then what happens is we start to accept some things and we can start to interpret some things in our lives as maybe having some of the hand of God in them. We start to go all Old Testament and don't know how to rightly divide the word. Now remember the Old Testament is all about Jesus anyway, pointing forward, but it's before the cross and, 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 and the work of redemption. So what happens is we neuter ourselves. So despite the fact that we have all these verses telling us that um, God is good and uh, we're never outside of God's goodness, we do struggle. And we do find it hard. Let me just read to you from, from Romans chapter eight. It says, who shall separate us? I think actually somebody read these this morning or is it Mark um, when he was leading worship? Who shall separate us from the love of God? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine, nakedness, peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we are killed all day long. We are counted, can we get the verses up there? It'd be great. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from what? From the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And surely the church said, amen. Amen. Nothing's going to separate us. But it doesn't say that you are exempt from things coming your way. Distress, persecution, right? Because we live in a broken world, it's part of the deal. Now, what it does say is that no matter what comes our way, it will never have the ability, unless we give it so, the ability to separate us from the love and from the grace of God. And that's where we have to overcome. And the only way that you can overcome and walk with Jesus and live lightly and freely is if what Jesus has done is greater and stronger than what you're facing in the world. That's why at the very start of this series, I preached, get your eyes off your circumstances and turn your back to the things that are coming against you. Do you get that? It makes no sense in the natural, but you turn your back to your enemy, put your eyes on Jesus, and he is looking over you to face down your enemies. Do you get that? That's what I preached. That was the very first two um, talks in this series. And what we need to understand is this. I'm gonna explain authority in a minute. But the, the, that's the only thing that, ma- that will make this make sense is if what Jesus has done is bigger than what's coming to you. 
That's why you're more than a conqueror, right? You've been given authority. I'm going to explain it now. It's a gift of God. It's part of his package of God's, of his grace in your life. But many of us, despite that, we, we don't know it. We don't understand it. It says, you know, in, in Luke 10, 17, he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you the authority. This is Jesus saying to trample on serpents, scorpions, and all over the power of the enemy. Well, back up, right? That's just a lovely verse from Luke. This is Jesus, the one that we're worshiping this morning, saying, I have given you authority and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Should we just stop on that one for a minute and go, let me read it again. Behold, I, did I read that wrong? Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and all over the power of the enemy. And nothing shall hurt you. Nevertheless, I don't rejoice in this. Right? Do you know what serpents and scorpions mean there? You know, we could go dead crazy. You know, like those people, hillbillies in America, who like eat snakes and all, or chuck snakes out. <laughs> how, how crazy would that be? Bring the snakes in, right? <laughs> Who's got faith? <laughs> that would sort the Palomino people out, wouldn't it? <laughs> Let's see your faith, Palomino people. Get that thing around you. Um, no, we're not going to do that. Because actually what, what the serpents in the sea, it, it's, it's imagery for the enemy and, and the demonic. That's just what it means, all right? People who have taken that one literally need to go back and actually read behind the scenes. What Jesus was saying is serpents and scorpions is the imagery of the demonic, uh, the devil himself and the demonic. And that's what Jesus was talking about. So what's really interesting is, as as I have reflected on this this week, I've been thinking, your work of grace is so much more than, you know, when when you declare me righteous, what it does is it catapults me to this place where all of a sudden, no matter what comes my way, as long as I'm declaring your grace is working well over my life, there is nothing, absolutely nothing, that can stand against me. Nothing. And then I realize how much time and, and like free run at times I give the devil in my mind. Do you get that? Any one of us? The thousand things that can make you feel rubbish in any one week. And I'm not quick, I'm not quick enough to deal with those at times. Are you all really quick at it? I'm not even saved here, clearly. I feel like a lion in a den of Daniels. Think about that. So, but you know what I mean? Like the enemy running rent free, running amok in your thinking and everything else. And it's like the Lord said this week, get on the front foot, right? See, I, I don't think the enemy wants to, to have you start to understand this at all. If he can keep you believing that he is all-powerful, and that even though you've got grace, that was just about something about righteousness and the Lord loves me, right? Because the Lord loves me, I now stand in a place of authority. And the word says that nothing will stand successfully against me. It's about more than just your righteousness. Do you get that? Your righteousness is the key that unlocks the authority. Your authority is not about your power and your ability and your might. It's about his power, his ability and his might given to you unearned, undeserved, unmerited, for you to walk freely and lightly with him through this life. To see the goodness of God. And some of you go, I just can't do it. It's just too hard. You don't understand. Listen, what I do understand is that everyone's fighting battles. And some battles you'll never know about. That's the truth, isn't it? 
And we can't have a hierarchy of victimhood in the people of God because Jesus said, once and for all, you've been brought out of darkness into light. And so there is no hierarchy of victims when it comes to the kingdom of heaven. There's just sons and daughters equipped by God most high. So some of us need to let go of some of those things which we have identified with and said, this is part of who I am. If it's not who Jesus says you are, then it's not who you are. You've accepted a lie. Take authority over it. Amen? How am I doing? Okay. It says in Hosea 4, 6, that my people are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge. And what's really interesting is, if you didn't know this this morning, I, I want you to know that authority, the ability to exercise or to influence, I'm going to explain it now, is a gift from God. Part and parcel of his grace. You can't earn it. It's not dependent on your performance. It does not come and does not go. Whether you feel like it or not doesn't change the truth because the facts don't care about your feelings. All right? And so on a particular morning, whether you're feeling close to God or far from God, actually that's just your feelings. It's not the truth. Whether you're feeling saved or unsaved, it doesn't matter. It's not the truth. The truth is Jesus said, whenever you come to me and your life is transformed, when I remove sin from your life and I, I make you holy and perfect forever, whether you feel that three weeks from now is not the, you know, he did a work and it ain't gonna change. Do you get that? So you can rest assured that you're loved every minute of every day. On the days when you do your best and you feel good about yourself, brilliant, it didn't change the Lord's love for you. In the days where you bombed out and messed it up, it didn't change the Lord's love for you. When you feel like you're the worst sinner in hell, haven't had the worst day, and if anyone ever knew what was really going on, they would disown you. Do you realize in those moments, you have the same level of authority given to you by God to command influence in your life? That's grace. Isn't that incredible? But what we do is we give, we give too much room to the enemy going, ah, see, you are a flipping weirdo. <laughs> Out. <laughs> you are a weirdo. You're not that good. You shouldn't be struggling still at this time. You should have had this put together. If you really understood grace, you wouldn't be here right now and you'd be in a better place and you'd be serving more and giving more and seeing more and all the rest of it. We go, oh, no, 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 no. It doesn't matter. In that moment, the truth is that you have the ability in that moment to either put yourself under the lie or to look at Jesus and declare his grace at that moment and see it change. Get on the front foot. This week, get on the front foot. So let, let, shall I quickly define it for you because time is running out. So by definition, what Jesus said in Matthew 28, 18, all authority in, has been given to me in heaven and on earth. And so the definition, the word there is exousia. And what it means is the right to control, the right to command, and the right to determine. And we have said many times in this church that authority only, like the, the whole thing about it is, I, I want the right to, to, to command things in my life. Do you know anyone else? Like we were talking about healing here on Wednesday night. And it was absolutely, it was a belter evening. I thought it was really good. You feel the presence of the Lord in this place. So come not this week, but the week after when we do part two. I, I, I really enjoyed it. And what was interesting for me was going, you know, what, what are we going to bring to the world when people are sick? There, there, there. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Whenever I look at Jesus, just in these three, three, three uh, chapters alone, every bit of sickness, he healed them. And then he says, all of that, see everything that you're seeing. For us, it's everything that you're reading here. 
It's not just stories to keep you entertained when you're feeling low or to make you feel bad when you don't feel like you read them enough. That's not the point. The point is, what does he say in Matthew 11? Look at me and learn from me. Come alongside me. Look at what I do and learn from me. And he says, all authority in Matthew 28 has been, has been given to me in heaven and on earth. And he had demonstrated it, things on the earth and things above the earth, the physical world, the people in the physical world and the spiritual around the world. He healed them all. He had power to influence command over all of it. And he says, now that's been given to you, right? And Ephesians 6.10 says the same thing. Be strong, what? In the Lord, not be strong in your might, in your strength, in your ability, in your experience, in your past, in your qualification, but be strong in Jesus and in the power of his might in you. And so the authority that you can yield today, right, is given to you by Jesus. It is his gift and you receive it by faith. So you can either make a decision. See, tomorrow morning when you start to think about things and the heart goes and you're feeling worried or overwhelmed or whatever, you can live in it if you want. That is your choice. Or you can go, I might not be feeling it right now, but in faith, I believe that this week, can I just tell you what our declaration is every morning, Penny and I? Today, you've gone before us, God. You've walked into every room and every situation to work goodness for us. Right now, in rooms that we are not part of, people are discussing us and how there's going to be favor and blessing in our lives. You are using the people of the world to bring us favor. Anyone, amen? All right? Do you think I feel like that at 6.30 whenever Penny is already up with her lists? No. Do you think I am a man of faith at that moment? When I open one eye and all I hear, I see her just there and go, no. And... Uh, because she's already thinking through all the things I need to do. Do you think I say thank you, Jesus, in those moments? I go, oh, Lord, rapture her now. <laughs> Isn't that right, darling? <laughs> it's the truth, though. But it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. Because for us in our house, I started it by saying, Lord, today I believe I am walking into goodness. I can't even understand. And, and also one of the things I like to say to myself is this. I don't know how it's going to work out. I don't need to know how it's going to work out. But I speak and I declare that your grace is working well. You're everywhere where I'm not, in every situation where I am not. People who will even speak to cause me harm today, you're not going to speak blessing, right? Even though I go to curse them, remember that? They spoke blessing. What's your declaration? Where are you taking authority? Today, my head's going to be clear. My thinking is going to be clear. I am not going to be depressed or anxious or fearful or worried because I am a son of God. And because he is in me, there's no greater power than Jesus. And he lives in me. This is my declaration of faith. And I speak it and command it now in the name of Jesus. Now get on with your list, Andrew, and do as you're told, right? <laughs> Those are grace-filled words. What am I doing? I'm declaring the unmerited favor of God because at that point, I'm not feeling it. I'm declaring the undeserved favor of God. Right? I'm de declaring his wonderful love towards me and saying that no matter what comes my way, Jesus in me is my way to live lightly. That's authority, isn't it? We kind of think authority is like a Benny Hinn type thing, bless him, you know? People with authority, I could go, all right, and do all that. And he's all keel over. 
You know, we should set that up one day just for the visitors. Palomino people, you'd love it. Imagine walking in here and I just go, oh, Palomino people in, Adam, stand up. And you, you know, see, that would be impressive, wouldn't it? You could get healed. You know, you could limp. We've spare crutches somewhere. Just give him crutches and I'll heal him now, right? And people go, oh, such power from the stage, right? Jesus is not looking for superstars on the stage. He's looking for men and women like you in the world, in Ballymena to Newton Arts to Timbuktu and Tandrake and everywhere in between, walking in and bringing the presence of grace with them so that blind eyes open, so that bodies are healed, so that there is hope released. That's authority. You carry this presence of grace with you. We don't go around on the back foot. We go, it doesn't matter how I'm feeling today. He said that I have the ability to speak. And when I speak in faith, I will see the goodness of God. Get on the front foot. Let me. The source of it is really important. Can I just say this? I'm, I'm going to finish. I'm going to finish soon. All right. It is given to you by the Lord. I just... I just had this sense of going, what is this world looking for? Well, I don't need people who are just getting through. I don't even want to just get through. I want to bust the tape. And the more sometimes anxious and annoyed I feel or discouraged I feel, the more I feel the Lord say, get your head up too good. Bust the tape because your best days are still to come. No matter what they say or what they, your best days are still to come. So what's the source of this? You know, it's really important to get some understanding. Let me just make these points before I finish. About, about the root of authority. Because one of the things about, particularly about the enemy in these days is, and the devil, I, I don't like to preach about, I like to preach about Jesus. But I, I just want to say that there is something that we need to be aware of because the, the power of the enemy, particularly in some areas of the church, has been blown out of all proportion, led to, quite frankly, some really weird and crazy stuff. All right? And... Um, we were talking about that on Wednesday night. I just remember, yeah, in my last church, there was just, there was a, a Chinese cowboy, go with me on this, it's true, and uh, he, he, was, he was thrown off the prayer ministry team because if you went up and said, I'm just feeling a wee bit down, he would have, oh, pray the demon out. Everything was a demon, right? And he, he used to talk like that. And so, and he wore a cowboy hat. And I remember one of the elders actually manhandling him out of the church, right? And even though they were manhandling him down the church, he was still casting the demons out of everyone. All right? It was just hilarious. I remember going, as a, as a young kid, going, what the heck? And so the thing is, we have to be really clear because see, this week, the only thing, right, that the enemy has over you is the ability to deceive you. That's it. Can I just make it really clear for you? The enemy, all right, the serpents and scorpions, as Jesus described, right, they are absolutely defeated and they have no power over the people of God. Come on. 100%. None at all. We are not living in a cosmic yin and yang battle between good and evil that has the potential to go either way. The word of God is clear. When Jesus said, it is finished, what he said for you and I today is you are now standing on victory ground and you are coming from my victory. You're not walking towards it. Do you get that? Your, your place is victory. 
you stand on victory. The battle was won by Jesus over death, over sin, over every evil work, defeated by Jesus. And he says, now my grace says you live in the goodness of that. You live in the goodness of that. See, in the beginning, God had all authority. All power and authority had to emanate from him. In Genesis 1.26, it says, let them have dominion, talking about men, over all the earth. In Psalm 115.6, the heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth he has given to the children of men. So God, authority started out in God, was given to us as a gift. It is usurped, right? Can I just say this? God never gave the enemy any power. How he get it is by deceiving men who yield themselves to the, the, the deception. Do you get that? So the only way to get that back was for God to come as a man and, and, and to win that back, the second Adam. I'm not going to go into that right now. And this is why, you know, the, the reason why you can have authority today is because when Jesus came, he didn't yield like the first Adam did. That, remember I talked about that in the temptation. So where does authority come from? It comes from the fact that, that in our humanness, there's nothing we can do because the first Adam tells us when, when it comes, we yield. When the, the enemy comes, we yield because we're not strong enough. But Jesus comes and he doesn't yield, right? And in doing that, he takes back authority. And now he says, I'm going to give you my spirit and you'll do greater things still. Now, here's, here's what's really interesting for me. It says in Ephesians 6, 12, put on the whole armor of God so that you might be able to stand against the wives of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against the spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Right? For stand against the wiles of the devil. Do you know that word mild as methodea in Greek? It means cunning, deceit, or trickery. Cunning, deceit, or trickery. What that means is there's no power at all. I was yesterday at a thing... One of my clients had a big fun day for their families, and so they invited me down, brought the two kids down, two girls, obviously Ben, a bit old to go to with us, but there was this magician. He was slightly rubbish, to be honest, but um, the kids loved it. You know, like, you know all the jokes? And you were like, seriously? Just really bad. And, um, but he kept producing things. One thing was quite, he produced a rabbit out of a table, which I thought was quite interesting, right? Um, but the way I was standing, I could see that the rabbit was there the whole way. <laughs> I was standing slightly to the side, so he put like this tube around it and was going, look, children, there's no rabbit there. And I was going, they're actually, <laughs> I want to go, actually, mate, I can see a wee bit of it. It's fluff sticking out from around the back. I thought, let's not ruin it for the kids, all right? Let's not ruin it for the kids. But it was interesting, because um, being a preacher, you see it in everything, right? Uh, it was, the kids were loving it. They were going, ooh, look. Oh, no rabbit. There's a rabbit. I'm thinking, it's right there. Right? Look at this. I thought, if you keep doing that, you're going to chop its wee tail off. It was a bit brutal of a thing, actually. And so at the end, he reveals it. And the rabbit's there. The kids go, whoo. Some of the parents went, whoo. And I went, are you thick? It was there all along. <laughs> like, seriously. Anyway, it's like, you're 35. You can't be surprised that there's a rabbit. <laughs> like, let me tell you something. The bearded man of Christmas, he ain't real either. Do you know what I mean? Like, seriously? Like, parents seriously going, how do you do that? It's amazing. I'm like, anyway, right? But it just struck me, that's what the enemy does. All sleight of hand. Cozying up to you in your thinking and in your heart. With, what is it, what is it, what does the Lord say? Does he say, be on your guard against his power? No. 
because he doesn't have any because all authority is given to Jesus. What does he have? Cunning, deceit, and trickery. Did God really say? Is God really good? Is your man actually speaking the truth or what do you need to do? He'll under, it's so subtle. Be on your guard this week that the work of the enemy is not to come at you full on and you know where you have to bat him away. He will whisper deceit to you. In the moments when there's nobody else there, in the car, when you hear something, whisper, 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 slowly eating away at the goodness of God. And that's why we put Jesus first and front every time. Because when we do that, all the lies, all the deceit and all the trickery are shown up for what they are. My last point is this, very quickly. I just want to encourage you this week that the work of grace says that the devil has no power over you other than that which you choose to give him. He's coming to steal, to kill, and to destroy, but Jesus came to give you life and life in the fullest. So if I can encourage you, like Paul did with Timothy in 1 Timothy 6, 12, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which you were awful cold. Oh, you were awful cold? You were also called, right? Help him, Lord. You know what your greatest battle is this week? Can I tell you this? It's to stand still and believe for righteousness. That's the only battle. The only good use of your faith this week is to believe that you are righteous before God. That's it. When you do that, the whole power of heaven is released on your behalf because there's nobody will touch a righteous man or woman, not when God is watching over. You don't need faith for this. You don't need faith for that. You don't, uh, Pastor Prince actually does say this. It's brilliant. That's a poor use of faith. The best use of faith is to believe that I am loved by God and righteous forever. In my best moments this week and my worst moments, when I get it right, when I get it wrong and everything in between, in those moments, can I have said it a thousand times, this week when you mess it up, at that very moment declare that you're, that you're righteous. Do not give the enemy any wiggle room or working, time to work in you. When you get it wrong, declare his love over your life. Yeah? Amen. Amen. When you mess it up, Lord, you love me. And the legalists, the legal, the legalism in our hearts is offended by that. Oh no, you have to do, you ha- no, you do. There is no doing, all of your good works are like filthy rags. That's what it says. All the way back in the Old Testament. You ain't earning your way back into God's favor, God's good graces, or God's love. Because he can't love you any more than what he does now. And what you did never changed his love before you came to know him, so what you do after will not change his mind even more. Now, from that place, then you get on the front foot and exercise the authority that Jesus has given you. Because when we look at how he ministered, every time dysfunction, death, and disease came up. He didn't do anything other than declare the truth of who he was. Amen? Amen. Are you encouraged this morning? Yeah, look, there's tons of stuff in between five and eight, right? Come on, let's give the Lord a hand. That's why I love grace. Grace puts Jesus at the center. Close your eyes for one minute. If we can have the worship team up ready. We're going to take communion together. And um, if you have your communion there in your hands, if we can have some pads of glory, it would be awesome.
I love taking the uh, wafer in my hands. and I always break it like that. It just reminds me of how Jesus was broken for me. And uh, one of the things about, uh, we're going to believe right now in this moment for healing in people's bodies. If you're sick this morning, if you're sick this morning, in your body or in your mind, this is an encounter moment. The presence of Jesus is right here. The presence of the Holy Spirit is here. And when the Holy Spirit is ministering and moving and working, he heals and he sets free. And he can do that in a moment, but when we take communion together, the Lord moves. It's not just a symbol of remembering, but there's power in the communion. When we actually take and remember that Jesus, his body broken for us was for our healing. So in this place, Jesus, right now, we remember with gratitude in our hearts and thankfulness that you are our healer. I speak over everybody right now. I just uh, feel the Spirit of the Lord said about conditions of the stomach. I had that same word on Wednesday night. It's back. It's, I think it's IBS and those complications in your stomach. I believe uh, the Lord's healing that. I believe the Lord's wanting to get to the root of that and to set you free from that. If that's you in faith this morning, say, Lord, I receive my healing in Jesus' name. I receive my healing in Jesus' name. The pain in somebody's right back, bottom of your right back goes all the way down your legs. I just believe the Lord's speaking to you about that. You, you know, you've been bothered, it's lower back and it pains in your legs. Right now the Lord's healing that in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Just speak as well to um, anxiety in these days. I felt the Lord, you know, part of the thing was uh, when I was preparing this week, I felt the Lord speak to me about, you know, he has not given us a spirit of fear. You get that? Somebody, somebody saying, I have not been given a spirit of fear. I have authority. And I, I, I want to pray over people's mental health in these times. If you're in here, you're in the presence of the Lord right now. And the presence of Jesus is with you no matter where you go. But Lord, our minds are sound. Our minds are clear. Father, we say no to every wicked lie of the enemy around ministering death, ministering fear, ministering anxiety. Some of it is ministering selfishness, self-centeredness. And this morning, Lord, we just simply lift up Jesus in this place. And we say, Father, thank you that you're the God of peace. You're the God of wholeness. You're the God of strength this morning. Lord, we will not live in fear, but we will turn our eyes and our mind to Jesus. And in that place, receive grace upon grace. Lord, I thank you that your power and your peace give us more than what the world could ever do. And I speak that over you. So Father, we eat this morning, let's eat and say, Lord, thank you for healing every bit of us. Amen.
And Father, the de- our declaration this morning is that we are righteous. Father, thank you that because of the cup, because of your blood poured out for us. Father, it changed. When we encountered you, Jesus, and when we were born again, it changed us forever. Lord, I thank you that every curse over every life in this place and online listening is broken by the blood of Jesus. Every word that was spoken against you, every plan that was plotted against you, every word that you even said over yourself, the power of it is broken in Jesus' name because of his blood. It is the blood that breaks everything that comes against the people of God. Every plan of wickedness, every design of the enemy does not stand one chance in the presence of Jesus and his finished work, all bought by the shedding of his blood, which removed all sin from us. Can I just say, if you've never heard this before, in this church, uh, you know, God's not angry with you. He's not upset with you. He's not even disappointed with you. When he looks at you right now and we take this and we drink together, it's us reminding ourselves of what he said about us, which was that he was punished so that we could be free. It's outrageous grace. He was put to the cross and carried our sin so that we could live like free sons and daughters. That's the grace of God. So he's not angry with you, can I just say that? He's not disappointed. He's not writing like a school teacher, you should be trying harder. He just says, look at what I did for you. That's how much, I went to the cross for you and I would do it again and again, but I don't need to because once was enough. So you don't need to crucify me again every day because my sacrifice was enough once and forever. Amen, church? Let's drink.